The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is from our Gospel reading from Luke chapter 3, where our text says that John, with many other exhortations, preached to them the good news. You're invited to be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I suppose John the Baptist wouldn't have fit in very good in our modern world. First, he had a way of speaking very plainly. He seemed to have very little of that tact that is so valued in our world. Secondly, he was not shy to talk about people's sins in a very specific way. And in our world, such a tendency is considered nothing more than hateful. And lastly, he didn't care to make a name for himself. Our world just doesn't understand how anyone who could gather a crowd wouldn't capitalize on that for some sort of personal gain. Listen to John's plain speech. He said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. With so much for killing them with kindness. He told those who came out to him, believing that they were righteous, that they were wrong in their assessment. Far from being children of God, he revealed to them that they were instead following in the footsteps of of Satan. He told them that if they were coming out to him to be baptized for repentance, well then that repentance should not just be a facade on the top layer. No, it should be true repentance with all of its fruit. As I mentioned, plain talk is often not welcomed by our world. We like to nuance everything we say just a little bit. Yes, we live in a world where we're told the greatest thing of value is to not upset anyone's apple cart, so to speak. But it's not just the world who doesn't like plain talk, is it? We must admit that we too can get pretty easily offended if plain talk is levied at us. Would any of you have been offended today if during confession I stopped and said, all of you who aren't really planning on leaving your sins behind, stop speaking. I bet that at least be mentioned over the dinner tables after lunch. You see, the truth is, we don't like it either when there is plain talk that reveals our true nature apart from Christ that reveals we are not what we try to act like we are. We too all like in the general sense to be spoken well of. And when something is said that is not positive, we cringe. We don't like it even if it's totally accurate. And yet God's messenger, John the Baptist, said, You brood of vipers. Listen then to how he dealt with specific sins. He said, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. 
he told the tax collectors, collect no more than you are authorized to do. He told the soldiers, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be content with your wages. Talk about getting right to the heart of the matter with each of these groups. You know, our world trembles at the thought of one person speaking to another that specifically about wrongs they have committed. But then again, it's not just our world. As far as I could tell, none of you were overly anxious about confessing this morning that you were a poor, miserable sinner. I suppose if I said something out in the narthex like, you know, no one is perfect, you would shake your head and agree. But if I came to your house tomorrow to talk about a specific sin, the reception you gave me might be just a little different. You see, we are all pretty quick, especially those of us that have grown up around the church, to admit that we aren't perfect. But many times, we still want to make sure that nobody would dare to mention the specific sins that we are engaged in. And yet, the messenger of God said, whoever has two tunics should share. And it's interestingly enough, after John spoke plainly, revealing the true nature of humanity apart from Christ, and after he addressed specific sins of the people that were before him, Luke summarizes John's ministry this way. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. Good news? Calling people names? Telling them they were the children of the devil? Naming their sins and telling them to stop? That's good news? Well, our world would certainly not agree with this characterization. They would say that John is just so negative. They would say that he's hateful. Many would say that he needs to be silenced. But as we have admitted before, we too might just share some of those same thoughts from our world. If words are spoken against us, we too might not receive words like his as good news if they reach our ears and then pierce our hearts. But that is why the third characteristic of John the Baptist is so important. For it is the one that gives us understanding into how John's call to repentance is ultimately and truly good news. You see, the world doesn't understand how anyone like John the Baptist would not turn his level of popularity into some sort of advantage for himself. But we, through faith, understand that this humble nature of John is laudable indeed. We understand through the scriptures that John is not out there in the wilderness for himself. He's not out there to make a name for himself. He is there to prepare the way. He is there to prepare the way for the Lord who is to come. Yes, he is there to make paths straight, to fill valleys, and to lower mountains, in order that the Lord, in human flesh, might come forward and show salvation to the entire world. 
That is why John proclaimed a baptism for the repentance of sins. Yes, that is why he was quite clear about who he was. He told those crowds, I baptize you with water, but one who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John's call to repentance is good news precisely because his call to repentance is not an end in itself. John's ministry is not just about making us feel bad about ourselves and then leaving us in despair. No, he prepares us for the one who is to come and save us, the one who is mightier than he is, the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. His exhortations are all ultimately a call to believe in the one whom God has sent, to have faith, in Jesus. Oh, how our world does not understand this. That a call away from sin is a loving act. Yes, a call away from sin and unto Christ is a blessed thing. It is a loving thing. It is good news. For one cannot be called to faith in Christ without also being called away from a life of sin. But oh, how many times do we not understand this either? We often, too, would like to have our life with Christ while not leaving at least our favorite sins behind. We, too, would like to have life with him without ever being offended by anyone else's plain talk about our true nature apart from Christ. We, too, want life with him with the assurance, though, that nobody would ever come right out and talk about a specific sin that we need to leave behind. Well, today, through the Holy Spirit, we need to be reminded that such exhortations are good news if they are given in a way that leads us to the salvation given in Christ. Yes, we must welcome such correction. We must humble ourselves before the Lord in order that he might come and save us. For that is what Advent is ultimately all about. That's the hope that we have in this season of Advent, is that it's not just about repentance, but it's about the Lord coming. He comes and saves us. For all the preparation we could do would mean nothing if Jesus didn't end up coming. But he did, and he will. He came to live and to die and to rise for you. He will come on that last day to bring his salvation to you in all of its fullness. And so in this season of Advent, we wait, we prepare, we let the word speak plainly to us, we let it reveal the specific sins that we need to leave behind. We do this knowing that it is not just about the repenting. It is about God bringing his salvation. We rejoice to remember how he did that in Bethlehem. We look forward to how he will do it on the last day. And this very day, we rejoice to come up to this table 
as God comes to us and saves us. Yes, today he comes to us in his body and blood and his holy supper. It's the same body and blood that once rested in the manger, the same body and blood that indeed hung upon the cross, the same body and blood that will return one day on the clouds. It is the body and blood of Jesus, that body and blood that saves us from all of our sins. So let us repent of our sins. Let us bring forth the fruits of repentance in order that we might come forward this day and be saved by our great God. No, John might not have fit in too well into our modern world. But then again, I'm not so sure he fit in too well to his world either. A call to repentance is almost always viewed as abrasive and offensive. And I guess that's because ultimately it is abrasive. But it reveals to us who we truly are. That we might then look to the one who has come to save us. Thanks be to God. God's true prophets always issue forth a call to repentance in order that God might bring to us his salvation. And that's why through faith we can receive words like John's with joy. And we too, like Luke, can call them good news. For we will proclaim that any word that brings us to Jesus is good news indeed. Amen.